Welcome to the College Football Bros. I'm Michael Newman. I'm Ryan Newman. And I'm Trey Newman. We are on to day three of quarterback rankings week. If you haven't seen the first two days, we covered the ACC and the Big 12, so be sure to check those out. Uh, And we'd really appreciate the YouTube viewers uh, clicking the thumbs up, uh, subscribing to the podcast that helps us grow it as we're trying to do. And today we're covering the Big 10. Trey made these rankings, so uh, let's get into number 14, your worst starting quarterback in the Big 10, Ryan Holinsky at Northwestern. Yeah, and unfortunately, it's just mainly because Northwestern itself, their offense was so putrid last year, it's projected to have one of the worst offenses in the country again this year. Uh, I mean, it wasn't all on Holinsky's shoulders, but Northwestern, they scored 14 points or less in seven of their last eight games. That's it's not not a good stat you want Yikes. to have. Um, and and But he, his stats alone, they're, he, they're just not very good. He's really going to have to elevate his game for him to be any higher on this list. Yeah, that's to me that was an easy an easy 14th pick. Uh let's move on to number 13 though. We have uh, a well-traveled player, Noah Vedrill uh, at Rutgers. Yeah, and he of course is in a in a quarterback battle with the highly touted Gavin Wimsat and I mean really the dream for Rutgers fans is is to have Wimsat, you know, develop and and, and take over. Uh, as we sit here right now, I think Vedrill might get the nod at least day 1. Um, and Wimsat maybe takes over later, but but if I'm just looking at at Vedral here, he gives you a decent floor, uh, but just you know not much of a, of a ceiling there. The last two years, he's thrown 16 touchdowns, 15 picks. He's like you said, right? He's been around a, a long time, multiple programs. He just kind of is what he is. Okay, moving on to number 12, kind of a weak bottom of the the conference here so far. Spencer yeah. Petrus at Iowa. Yeah, and you could say he's he's kind of maybe in a a battle with Alex Padilla, but I think Petrus ends up being the the guy. I mean, after all, he did at least get them to the Big Ten title last year. Not that it was all all him, of course, but uh, the Iowa offense just it's not good. That's not breaking news, um, and I, I just don't see Petrus turning into something he hasn't been overnight. There was there was an article I read uh, that was evaluating quarterbacks, uh, sp- particularly in the Big Ten, and the quote was. He won't wow you with his arm or anything, and certainly won't with his legs. Like not not a not a high <laughs> review there. So is there a butt <laughs> there? No, that's not. That <laughs> was that was kind of well. The butt I think, I I think was more review. alluding to the fact that he's a winner, that he that he that he's won games at least. But uh, but yeah, he's not yeah. efficient. He does what he has to do to to run the, this Iowa system. It just it would be so much but we've talked about this before. It would be fun to see Iowa open it up a little bit and and pair a decent offense with the great defense that they usually have. Yeah, just not happening. Not happening. Yeah, he's he's been pretty bad. Uh all right, moving on to, you know, uh, maybe another not so stellar player, but Tommy DeVito. This one's at least intriguing because he's a new guy for the school, but Tommy DeVito uh, at Illinois now. Yep. Uh, one, he's going from one orange school to another in Illinois, Syracuse transfer. True. I think he's going to beat out the old Rutgers transfer, Art Sitkowski, for this gig. Uh, DeVito, he's battled injury the last couple years, lost his job to Garrett Strader last year. Uh, but Illinois fans, they're, they're really hoping that the 2019 DeVito is coming. That year, he had 63% completions, 19 touchdowns. He ran when he needed to. And if you look at Illinois... 
they started to play pretty well in the back half of, of last year. So maybe DeVito can kind of regain some of that form and get Illinois trending up in Bielema's second year. 2019. That's that's pre-COVID. That's <laughs> I know, but numbers. he's battled injury, and we'll see. Yeah, fair enough. All right, number 10, we have a, a former top recruit, which feels like a long time ago. Is that, that pre-COVID now? Probably. So uh, Graham Mertz, <laughs> Wisconsin. Yeah, I mean – like you alluded to, you didn't think we'd see him this low a couple of years ago. Especially, he lit it up that that first game. We're like, oh my gosh, this guy's the the Friday second night against but, Illinois. Yeah, yeah, and boom. Uh, last year, ten touchdowns, eleven picks, less than seven yards a, an attempt. I mean, he does a good job handing it off to Allen, though, and and sometimes that's that's all you need with that that Badger offense. Uh, I will say that if there's a positive, he's getting paired with a new offensive coordinator, uh, Bobby Ingram. So maybe the new voice will will help him out this year. Yeah, he needs it. He needs it. Um, okay, moving on to uh, another fellow transfer here. At number nine, we have Connor Bazelak at uh, Indiana. Yeah, and he's. I think he'll end up beating out the incumbent Jack Tuttle. There's even the young Donovan McCauley there. Uh, but you know he he's coming in from Mizzou, and I think he was pretty good for them. The stats didn't always show the whole story, uh, as the Tigers kind of were always up against it against those stronger SEC teams. But he put up over five thousand yards in his career, twenty three touchdowns. The problem for him going into this year is Indiana's offense has been pretty unstable the last few years. Musical chairs at quarterback, and overall the offense really isn't predicted or expected to do much. But he brings good experience and stability. I think it establishes a good floor for for the Hoosiers. Okay, moving on to number eight. Ryan does not want to hear about his good year. I can I can assure you of that. <laughs> Tanner Morgan, Minnesota. That's that's just a different era. Different era. Different of era, man. I, yep. Yeah, exactly. It was black and white. Uh, I mean. It does, though. When you look back to that 2019 season that you're alluding to, Michael, it, it's starting <laughs> yeah. to look like more of an aberration, though. I mean, yeah. that year yeah. he had 30 touchdowns, 10 yards per attempt. But, you know, when you look back, obviously it kind of helps when you have a couple NFL wide receivers to, th- yeah, to throw Bateman to and everything and was kind of clicking. Yeah, it just everything clicked. Uh, it's But it, the problem is it's it's kind of crazy to have that much of a regression that he's had the last couple years. Uh, he's been very inefficient, hasn't scared any defenses whatsoever the last, the last two seasons. Uh, I guess the good thing for Gopher fans is Kirk Soraka, that, that offensive coordinator that was there then, is back. And ideally, the running back position will also be a little more healthy this year to help him out. Yeah, yeah, you never know. He could he could have a bounce back final year. Um, speaking of a player that could use a, a little bit of a boost, we got Sean Clifford. The Sean Clifford era, Clifford era at Penn State still going on. What do you think of him, Trey? Yeah, he's he's good, but he's just not he's not great. Uh, he just doesn't elevate Penn State to the level that the team probably obviously wants or maybe even deserves. He's tough. He he's a threat with his legs, but he just doesn't have kind of that that it factor that I think you're looking for, especially with his arm, uh, you know, cause overall his aren't, his numbers aren't terrible, uh, over 60% completion percentage. He threw 21 touchdowns last year and, and he's fairly reliable. Um, I just, he just doesn't have that, that high ceiling that the Nittany lions would like so that they could kind of get over the top, especially when you're going up against, uh, the CJ Strouds and, and the, the force that the forces at Michigan and Michigan state. So maybe he'll turn a corner this year. Yeah, I mean, I 
I kind of like Sean Clifford. I just feel like if he had better offensive line play, then we would think a lot more highly of him. So hopefully he gets that this yeah. year. Um, That's number fair. six is the Texas transfer, Casey Thompson at three of us. Ryan is wearing a Nebraska shirt right now. So yeah, we are Husker fans. <laughs> yes. Uh, he's, I think he'll for sure be the starter. He is going up against Cheba Purdy, another transfer, and then Logan Smothers. But uh, but overall, Casey Thompson, Like I don't know what people outside of the Nebraska spectrum are going to think of this ranking. Personally, I think Thompson's pretty good. Uh, Texas defense was so bad, caused them to lose some games. Thompson didn't really get much appreciation. He threw 24 touchdowns, 63% completions, ran pretty well. He added four more uh, scores on the ground. He's not necessarily going to be the threat that Adrian Martinez was uh, with his legs, but Nebraska fans would think he would make some better decisions through the air. Uh, I think the biggest challenge for him and the Huskers is can he gel with all of the new pieces and faces on the Nebraska offense? I guess if you want to point to something you'd like, he's getting matched up with Mark Whipple as the offensive coordinator who just came from Pitt developing Kenny Pickett. So it's another good uh, you know, quarterback whisperer, if you will. Yeah. Yeah, he, he's he's a tough one to judge because his numbers were good, but who knows? Who knows what's going to happen here in Nebraska? Um, all right, moving on to number five, we have a QB who led his team to the playoff last year, Cade McNamara of Michigan. Yeah, and I mean, I think Michigan fans want JJ McCarthy to be the guy since he seemingly has uh, a little bit more upside. At least that's kind of the vibe I'm getting from from some of their fans. Shout out AP, one of my buddies. Uh, McNamara, he did, like you said, right? I mean, he led them to the big 10 title after all. So he's not, he's not chopped liver. Uh, he, but he just wasn't making the, the big flashy plays, did what he needed in, in Harbaugh and Gaddis's offense. But, but even if McCarthy, you know, behind him doesn't pan out or is hurt, McNamara gives the Wolverines, it's kind of a theme here, but a, a solid floor. Uh, he, ha- and he has some confidence going into 22. No reason to think that he can't, you know, elevate his game off after last year. And not to mention Blake Corum in the backfield helps him out. They get running Bell back at receiver. So there's some things to like. Yeah, I think the offense will be will be better this year. Uh, number four is one of the surprises in the Big Ten last year, Peyton Thorne at Michigan State. I totally agree. Uh, he was a he really surprised me last year. He had a tremendous season. Threw for 27 touchdowns, a lot of exciting plays, kind of threw the ball, uh, a lot of long bombs. Uh, the biggest question, really, for Michigan State is is what is he going to do without Kenneth Walker III in the backfield to help open up the the field for him? But maybe the transfer Broussard at running back will help fill that void. He also has Jaden Reed to throw to, who's definitely one of the top few receivers in the Big Ten. Uh, so really the question is, you know, does he plateau off or does he continue to, ve- does Reed continue, or sorry, Reed, does Thorne continue to develop uh, into a, a superstar in this league? I, I'm kind of looking forward to to seeing how it pans out for him. Yeah, everything, everything seemed to go right for, for Sparty last year, including at QB. All right, moving on though to uh, number three, the younger Tagavailoa uh, from Maryland. Yeah, Talia, he's he's fun to watch. I mean, he just set a school record, nearly nearly 70% completion percentage, almost 4,000 yards, 26 touchdowns. He gets uh, a couple good receivers, Dante Demas and Rakeem Jarrett back. Uh, SP Plus, look at their preseason projections, projects Maryland to have the 15th best offense in the country. So even if their defense doesn't live up to the 
to to do much. Uh, it's fun to watch this team because of their offense. And there's really no reason to think that he can't still develop more after last season really was his first full season. All right. Uh, number two is Aiden O'Connell at Purdue. I think a lot of people from the outside might be surprised to hear that the Purdue quarterback is the second best in the Big Ten. Uh, just, you know, especially since they haven't had the the stellar win-loss record the last couple of years. But it's not Aiden O'Connell's fault at all. Over 70% completions last year, 28 touchdowns. They had that thrilling uh, Music City Bowl victory over Tennessee. I guess the, the bad news here for Purdue is that he lost David Bell to the NFL, and then Milton, Milton Wright, their other receiver, was ruled academically ineligible. Uh, but despite that, Jeff Brom always finds ways to to churn out productive offenses, and O'Connell's talent and play should help elevate who you know whoever's left in that that rec- the receiver room. Yeah, and they won yeah, he, what like nine games last year, I think. So. Yeah, nine and four, I believe. Yeah. yeah, last year was last year was very good. Yeah, I mean that'll be tough to match, but it'll yeah. be pretty good. Agreed. All right, number one, the obvious one here: C.J. Stroud from Ohio State. Yeah, I mean, you really don't need to say anything. He's the clear, clear, clear number one Heisman contender. Uh, 44 touchdowns last year. Just We know his receiving core is ridiculous, so he's he's the man. All right, let's uh, take a look at the full list here. If you're watching on YouTube, I really don't have any strong disagreements here. Um, I'm curious to see if the commenters have any because, I don't know, I mean, maybe you could argue for a guy here or there to be two slots higher or lower, but I... Yeah. I don't see it, and I certainly don't see anything more than that. Um, what struck me about the list, though, is there are only three new starters here. That's the fewest of any conference we're covering this week. So maybe that's a good sign, although at the bottom of the list, um, not sure it is. Uh, but yeah, yeah, starting from like Connor Bazelak at 9 or maybe Mertz at 10 downward, it's pretty weak. So um, I think yeah. that hurts the Big Ten's chances. If we're trying to rank all the conferences who has the best slate of quarterbacks... I don't think the Big Ten's in the running. Not at all. No. Yeah, this is a week. Uh, I mean, honestly, I mean, CJ Stroud's good, but after that, there's question marks. Even, you know, Anil Connell had, was, did, did do pretty well at the end, but without his top two guys, he could have some question marks and talk about Louis Maryland. Had some inconsistency. I don't know. I just, I think it's pretty weak overall for, yeah. for the Big Ten, as good as the conference has been. I think this is a very weak, and there's some really bad ones too. Like, I mean, the, the bottom four. Woo. <laughs> yeah. Not good. Not good. All right. Maybe well, the bottom five. <laughs> uh, who's who giving, you giving Mertz too much love on that one? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. True. Mm, pretty bad. All right. Well, thanks for checking out this episode of the College Football Bros. Be sure to, again, let us know your thoughts on Trey's list. And we will see you tomorrow when we discuss the Pac-12. You've been listening to the College Football Bros. If you have any questions for the next podcast, email them to collegefootballbros at gmail.com. To keep up with the brothers on social media, like them on Facebook at College Football Bros, follow them on Instagram at College Football Bros, and for their commentary on Saturdays, follow them on Twitter at CFB Bros. Thanks for listening.